Oh, unbelievable. Really unbelievable. I got what I gotta go through with this uh with this YouTube. Hold on. There you go. You in addition to being six minutes late because of YouTube, are now about to witness. Sleeping kid, sorry, no screen. The awesome. A crushing a might of uh, the Eugene S. Robinson Show. Stop. Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never sort of ends. Show number V, V, a one, a five, a two. All about Valentine's Day. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about today. Being that it's the first day of the rest of your year of relaxation. <laughs> but first, let's let Bob Riley sing us in as he has since 2007. The song is called Intro, All of Nothing. And it's off of the calling of the just. <laughs> Still available from me and not Huntington Beach where they hit your car with a hammer or shoot you a different nightclub. I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. A real good look at your face. Oh, being paid back in full, always nothing. All right. All right. Yeah, I don't know what happened with the YouTube thing. You know, you just get that spinning ball of death. And then I started reading the new newsletter just to make sure a, uh, there were no typos in it. Those of you who haven't subscribed, you should subscribe. Uh, you might You might enjoy it. Or at the very least, uh, what is it? Eugene as Robinson slash Substack uh, dot com. I think some variation of that. It, look, you can weaponize it. You might just enjoy sending it to people that you don't like. That always works too, uh, um, with no explanation as to why you sent it to them. Which is really one of the more more perfect things you could do. If you've ever read a book by uh, Martin Amos. And I think the book is called uh, 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 Money. <laughs> you should read Money. And he, I'm not going to, there's no spoiler alert, but there is a, um, he's, uh, he's having this kind of struggle to the death with this more famous writer. This is as I remember it. So sorry if I get it completely wrong. Of course, the more famous writer, it's not anywhere in his head that they're having a struggle to the death. And so he decides to send the guy an entire magazine with a notation that says, love the peace on you in it. <laughs> right? Love the peace on you in it. And so, you know, he's like, oh, this, this idiot's going to spend hours going through the whole thing. Uh, but as luck would have it, because he didn't check his his sources on the front page, it happened to be something on the guy, and the guy contacts him, and goes, "Thanks, you know, thanks for this." But his intent was to send it to him in order to drive him crazy. So you might do that with the newsletter. That's one commercial. Number two is pinko nine five zero one four at yahoo.com. If you want to go straight to PayPal, uh, there's Venmo, there's a Cash App. 
uh, and uh, and uh, there's the old fashioned way which uh, your 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 governor's level patron Tommy LB uses, which is the old fashioned mail. DM me, I'll give you the address if you need it. Anyway, this is ra- uh, V. Uh, sorry, V. A one, a five, a two. Did I do that right? I think I did. One, five, two. When you don't think about it, things happen magically. I take I take Bitcoin. I actually now take Bitcoin as well. Uh, you can go through <laughs> you can go through Coinbase for me, or you can go through uh, PayPal. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple of things I want to do. I, I want to talk about if you saw the Larry Flint piece that I tweeted out um, uh, this week, and that'll be a good lead in to, to all of this. Um, one of the pieces I left out in the Larry Flint piece was, um, and you, you can imagine why I've left it out. And I, 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 I kind of, I almost want to move this story to the middle of the show so that we lose any casuals who are just here to, you know, make potential investors who want to see if I'm sane, you know, multi-billionaires who want to see whether I'm worth investing in. Maybe I should put the story in the middle because I know they'll never listen that long and you all will. But organically, it seems to be like it makes sense right now. And many of you have heard the story before anyway, so it's not like a big reveal. But somebody asked me in the comments to the story who wasn't familiar with the story or didn't listen to this show, what was happening that first meeting? Now, I'm going to go deeper than I did in the piece, too, because they have fact checkers at Ozzy and they get a little weirded out by some of my, you know, life's meandering crossroads events. Right. So life's meandering crossroads events. Uh, a friend of mine is writing, let's go back. A friend of mine is writing about Son of Sam, right? Son of Sam, David Berkowitz, says, got arrested and got quickly pegged by New York City Police Department as being the sole shooter in the Son of Sam killings, right? The 44 caliber killings is what they used to call him at, the, at first before they started calling him Son of Sam, which he, they got from one of his letters. Um. But uh, oh, that was weird. Oh, that was weird. I heard something. Okay, <laughs> this is the FBI's phone clicking off. Um, so, so he quickly, at a certain point, David Berkowitz, who's still, I think, in prison. Um, you know, he had a became a born again Christian, and then they went through all these different changes. But he said something that was quickly ignored, and that's that um, that he was it was it was not just him alone. And that um, it was part of a satanic uh, sex cult weird thing. And nobody, you know, they just figured he's nutty. He said the dog was talking to him. He said, yeah, I know I said that, but I was just saying that trying to get the insanity defense. And the dog wasn't really talking to me. It was a sex thing that involved, you know, the Bronx DA, Mario Marola. And then all of a sudden, you know, solitary confinement, guys, his mouth was shut. Which doesn't mean shit, because if you were living in New York City at the time, and you were a fan of the Daily New the New York Daily News or, or the Post, or there were illustrations of the killer that that looked very different from David Berkowitz, who was a, a, a you know roundy faced, curly haired cat. There was a more narrow faced, swarthy kind of Puerto Rican Italian esque looking guy who was in one of the first illos, and they tried to make believe that this never happened. Okay, and already it starts to sound kind of crazy. Well. A friend of mine starts to investigate this piece, starts to get really weird calls, starts to get really nervous about the calls he's getting. Um, there was a place called the, the Magical Child, uh, a, a store for witches and those who believe in magic and so on in New York City. And one of the cats who ran it is now dead. Um, was a bad guy, like bad, bad guy. Like, you know, he was gay. That's not why he was bad, but he, you know, had ultimately succumbed to AIDS, was having sex with guys, knowing he had AIDS, didn't give a shit, bad guy. Um, But it sort of started to cohere around there. And what started to emerge was that um, the Son of Sam killings, because they were always in lovers' lanes, were about snuff films. They wanted to show people having sex who were then killed because there was this hoo-ha about snuff films. Now, there are some people who were like, remember, there was this hoo-ha at when Deep Throat opened, 
uh, sex world in New York City, there were lines around the block. It was like all New York Magazine. They had all the beautiful people, Hoss and Liza and everybody. All the celebrities were going. Porn was very, this porn chic. It was very like this high. And cocaine was expensive. That was another cool thing. You know, the porn was this cool thing. And so when they started talking about snuff films, everybody assumed it was crazy and it didn't exist. But then, of course, some grade B guy opens up on 42nd Street, a snuff film. It's just called Snuff. And people are like, oh, lying around the block, million dollars, same deal. So, of course, somebody thinking like, why don't we make a real snuff one? And that's what that was about. You know, it was about filming people in lovers' lanes and then shooting them to death. And apparently there were these tapes. Now, okay, Maury Terry writes a book called The Ultimate Evil. Um, this guy who was writing the piece was writing it for Bob Guccione Jr. The story goes somewhere, believe me, have patience. Um, so Guccione Jr. gets flipped out, reads the piece, and was like, you know what, we can't, we're a music mag, Spin Magazine, is this, it was for Spin, is, we can't, we're a music, we can't wait. So he drops it. My writer guy is like ass out getting weird phone calls. I have my FFL at that point. So he wants to weaponize up because he's getting creeped out and, and, and you know, wants to think, be able to protect himself. Um, and so I say, well, let me get Maury Terry's book. And so in Maury Terry's book, he talks about he talks about um, a guy that they called Manson Two. Now keep in mind, a cult could have been the Trojan horse by which people who were just cash hungry made their cash over the off of the gullible, or they could have really believed it. It doesn't. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean shit, right? Except for the fact that murder followed these. Vi- Murder created these videotapes and murder followed these videotapes. And now one of the people that was involved was somebody that 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 um, Terry calls Manson Two, And Manson Two was tied into the Topanga Canyon murders that were connected to the Cotton Club. I'm not talking out of my ass. You can go to you can go to Google, uh, Google and type this stuff in. Cotton Club murders. Uh, Lamont from Sanford and Son was somehow involved in this thing. Robert Evans was involved in this thing. Um, and and um, Manson II, not Charles Manson, but the guy who they nicknamed Manson II, was one of the people that had been suspected as the killer of the woman over at the Stanford Church, who now it turns out it was, a, of course, it was uh, the security guard who did it. And they closed in on him last year or two years ago, at, at, you know, using this 23andMe DNA database. And he shot himself before they got to his apartment. So that theory goes out. But Manson, too, was this kind of old badass guy. And one thing I'm reading the book and, you know, I'm keeping something, keeping, tossing, keeping, tossing, because some of it is not credible. Some of it is. Um, and uh, um, Son of Sam was Bob Guccione Jr. commissioned an article to be written about the Son of Sam thing much later after Son of Sam was already in jail. And uh, the investigative journalist started uncovering all this stuff, all, some of which he won't share to, with me. He said that it involved a lot of which he won't share with me because oh, yeah, I'm another writer and he's afraid I'm going to steal his piece. I wouldn't do that. But, he, you know, whatever. Better safe than sorry. But he said that it involved the top levels of New York, you know, and now that we see what's happened with Epstein, it doesn't seem that credible. But the top levels of New York kind of high society, art world, wealthy folks were involved. So Manson, too. But I'm reading this book, uh, Maury Terry's The Ultimate Evil, and I get this section about Manson too. And then lo and behold, I read that that um, that Manson too had been or ended up being or at some point or another was a bodyguard for Larry Flint. Now, 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 Larry Flint got shot in down south. Um, by a guy who was ultimately caught, killed a bunch of people. He was not a fan of interracial relationships. And Larry Flint was one of the first people to have sex scenes with interracial, interracial sex scenes uh, uh, in, in Hull shot him one day and uh, paralyzed him, right? Larry's only regret, he said, was that he had not worn a bulletproof vest that day. Um, so... Um, he got shot, paralyzed from the waist down. They uh, they didn't catch the guy who did that, but they eventually caught him because he was killing a bunch of people because that's how much he cared about interracial relationships that he had to start shooting people. 
Um, and they gave him the death penalty and he's now dead. But they mentioned Manson too as having been, and I say this only because I'm trying to get you to understand how heavy Larry's security team was. <laughs> like, you know, you've seen, you may have seen, you may have seen cats with, uh, you know, presidents. Like I've, if you read my newsletter, I talk about the Bill Clinton hanging out with Bill Clinton, you know, the guys, the little flags and they were talking into their wrist and stuff like that. You know, they seem like if you saw a movie, you see a Secret Service guy, they seem sort of the same thing. You know, if you see uh, a hip hop guy, Floyd Mayweather and his security squad, usually a muscled up guy. I mean, it's central casting. You could easily just pick these cats out. Larry's security, nah, not even Blackwater types. I, I, I don't, you have to see, like, go to see, um, uh, like, uh, like, uh, no country for old men or, or, um, or the getaway, um, the, the getaway, the original version, I think it's Steve McQueen and Ali McGraw. Um, just like, like, or, you know, country, sort of countryfied. I mean, like cowboy boot fashion wise. I mean, polyester suits, not, not, you know, I'm just, just like, that made me nervous. Right. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know how to I, if talking about their fashion choice. doesn't mean they just vibed. I mean, you know, could I beat those guys a fist fight? Probably a hundred percent, but, but they're not coming out of you to, 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 you know, to swing bolos. They're coming at you. You know, it's very different. They don't expect to have the story to talk about the next day. They want to murder you. It is, uh, so I go down, I get a call. Uh, uh, I met Alan McDonald, um, who was his, his executive editor. How'd that idiot get in? Oh yeah. I, I, I managed not to put him out. If you could throw him out, that would be cool at some point. Um, so he, he uh, um, so um, I, I, I get a call, Alan McDonald, who was the executive editor for years. I think I met him through Lydia Lunch, did my first national piece for Hustlers Busty Beauties, and then became a member of the family. Started doing pieces for, uh, went from Hustlers Busty Beauties to did uh, Hustler, and then they, they pulled me in. I got two jobs, which I both turned down. Um, editor for Hustler Erotic Video Guide, and that's the reason I turned it down. I took a job at Intel instead. What was because the guy who was leaving? I said, "Why are you leaving? You know, uh, why, 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 why are you leave? Yeah, yeah. Greg Allman, Hitman type is pretty much kind of what we're talking about, but a little, a little heavier. Um, so, um, um, so, so I turned it down because the guy, editor in chief was like. I said, why are you leaving a job? And he looks around and goes, look at this place. And I go, okay. And then I turned down, they offered me a barely legal. And, uh, and that had, uh, that had uh, enough of a, a stink of, uh, of Bud Fuddlacker. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't square myself with it. So, but eventually Code Magazine came along. I was editor-in-chief. And, um, and uh, Alan said, if you come down, when you come down to meet the folks that he had brought, that Larry had brought in from Condé Nast, you know, um, we should stay, stop and say hi. So I do that. I drive down to see them. And, uh, and at that point in time in my life, I was always carrying a briefcase because I thought it was hilarious for like some, anybody under 50 to be carrying a briefcase. So I meet Alan to the building on Wilshire and, uh, we were going up to his office. Now keep in mind, everybody, all the executive at, uh, level staff at, at uh, LFP, at least I was once I became an executive level staff member there and almost lost my finger in the door, all had steel core doors that could not, I don't know whether it's because Larry got shot. I don't know if that was part of the plan, but they had steel core doors. So we're stepping out of the elevator, we're going to Alan's office, and right then we cr crisscross with, with uh, Larry Flint. He's in a wheelchair and he's got one of the securities guy with him. And he goes, hey, Larry, this is Eugene. And Eugene, so me and Larry is kind of shooting the shit there for a bit, talking. And, you know, the, um, and my one skill is, has always been that I, I, I managed to be fairly opaque, right? Like, 
I think this is, I think I watched The Accountant again with uh, uh, Affleck, who I don't really like that much, but he's grown on me. And I started to think something my kids have accused me of, like, Dad, we think you're on the spectrum. And I was like, ah, you're ridiculous. I'm not on the spectrum. But then I, then there's certain things like Janet Pfeiffer in 1977 stopping me mid-conversation and go, is there a reason you never look into my eyes at all when you speak to me? And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it. But then something in the movie, The Accountant, made me think, when you had to identify people's feelings, they had them do this exercise. And so for the rest of the movie, at certain points, Affleck goes, you're angry. You're upset. He verbalized it. I realized at that point, people like it better if you look into their eyes. So I made it a habit to look into their eyes. I don't give a shit. I was just scanning the street because I don't want to get waylaid. It was the 70s in New York. So anyway, this guy's vibing me, just staring. And I, you know, I'm 10 steps ahead of him. I already figured out who he is, what he is, what he's doing. He's just, he's vibing me. And then I think I got, I like Jeff Galuli said, I got nothing to fear, officer, come on over. I got nothing, right? And so then he says to Alan, I'm talking to Larry and he met him. And he says, he looks, he's not stopped looking at me. He says, what's in the briefcase? And I respond, I just, at that point, I stopped talking to Larry and I look at him. I go, it's a briefcase. By which I mean, what do you expect to find in the briefcase? Papers, pens, business cards, shit, you know, wallet, briefcase. And I think I do say something. I say, oh, I say, it's, it's a briefcase. And then Helen goes, no, he's with me. And the guy goes, yeah, what's in the briefcase? <laughs> like, apparently, my first answer, it's a briefcase, doesn't answer what's in a briefcase. And Alan, at this point, kind of physically positions himself, like takes a step closer and says, he goes, okay. And he takes wheels Larry off into the innards of the building and we go to his office. And I don't mention it to Alan at the time because I don't want to lose the gig. But of course, I had a 44, a 45 in the, in the well, I was thinking of 44 caliber killer. I had a 45 in, in, the, in, the, in the, my briefcase. Why? I don't usually take pistols to business meetings, uh, 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 to uh, semi auto uh, uh, handguns to, to business meetings, but I drove. And so, like Dr. Dre says, anytime you see me on a solo tip, believe that I'm strapped. I'm not taking any chance. I'm not going to get waylaid in Central Valley because some guy doesn't like me because I'm black. Forget about it. So, so I actually did have. So, so wh whoever of you asked me in that article that was a tribute to Larry dying, uh, sort of a tribute to Larry dying, um, what was in the briefcase? And somebody said, oh, it'll be like, Pulp Fiction, we'll never know what's in the briefcase. That was in the briefcase. And I don't think any potential billionaires would have listened to 22 minutes of that shaggy dog story to hear to hear that I had a, a fully legal, because I had a, license, a firearms license, a fully legal 45 automatic in uh, uh, my uh, uh, suitcase, my briefcase. Because I wasn't going to leave it in the car. That seems stupid. I wasn't going to wear it under my suit, you know, because it just, you know... That's one thing Larry uh, Louis C.K. said before he started he got became a molester. Uh, he said, you know, just because you have a briefcase doesn't mean anything. He says, I could have, he said he did this riff where he goes, I could have string and cheese in my bag, you know, he does it in my briefcase. It doesn't mean I'm sane. So um, so anyway, so that that is the Larry Flint story. That is what I had in in um, uh, the suitcase. And I tell you, when I worked for Larry Flint, because I worked there. I mean, if you want to start from, you know, Hustler's Busty Beauties, which was my first piece, and my last piece probably carrying me right through the last issue of Code Magazine, that was probably about a good, I don't know, 10, 15 year run, 12 of writing pieces for a hustler. Uh, and I, I did the tough, I did the tough guy beat. So, because um, they had all the sex they could stand. That was a probably a good run. I think I have to say mm, that, and this is something that Bud Fudlacker didn't seem to understand. Everybody who worked there hated pornography. <laughs> um, I mean, it just you know, it's like, man, it's just shitty, and it just makes you think of work, and it's just. It's just no fun, right? I mean, most people's relationship to pornography is like the three minutes they use it while 
play masturbate. But imagine spending 10 hours a day with that stuff. Uh, but what are you talking about? Which couple I interviewed? I, I'm sorry, I don't, uh, I, I, this I, I don't remember. You have to refresh my memory, I, I, I'm old. Um, and so, um, so that was my Larry story. And, and I have to say, like I say, we used to live in mortal fear that Larry would die, right? When we worked there, that with mortal fear. Oh yeah, the Valentine's piece. Uh, yeah, I'll get into that in a bit. So, um, uh, because Larry is was a bona fide genius in a lot of ways. He just didn't do porn. He did a lot of straight publications. He got into the casino business, opened up stores. Um, but he was the brightest one in that family. And you know, if he got a cough or got a little sick, we'd all be like kind of gripping, you know. Um, and as it is, because of what's happened with the marketplace. Media has dropped off. You know, dude is, um, you know, the 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 value of LFP, Larry Flint Publications or Productions or whatever the P stands for, I don't remember, is much less than it used to be. But you know, um, it was it was weird. It was weird to see that he had died. I was glad that I was no longer drawing a check from it because I'd be totally totally nervous and, and creeped out. And um, um, but I did have some. Uh, the whole First Amendment thing, you know, just the the willingness to, like, somebody would say, "Well, what's the difference between what's the difference between him and Trump?" He's a, a loud talking, obstinate, you know, um, loud talking, obstinate, uh, rich guy who does whatever the fuck he wants. He just doesn't give a shit. Was there a difference? And yeah, um, Larry Larry reminded me a lot of the first guy who got me to work for the defense industry. And before the old punk rock guy, and it was like, I'm not gonna work for the defense industry. I'm not gonna work for those baby killers. And then, uh, you know, and it was a magazine called Defense Electronics, Defense Computing, and C3I, uh, 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 Command Control Communications, uh, an intelligence uh, annual, right? And, and, and I didn't wanna work for them. I had worked for their non-defense portion, and, uh, you know, they said, well, that's not making money. The defense is Reagan's president, making tons of money. You can come or you can leave. And I was thinking it over. And this cat who was imagining it came to me and he said, hey, um, hey, do you think that a, a country has a right to defend itself? And I could easily extrapolate from individual to country to defend. Yeah, you have a right to face it. And if you're going to defend yourself, can you, at this point, I was taking karate, right? Can you do you acknowledge that maybe there are better ways or worse ways? Like you could take ballet. It's a physical discipline. It might make you flexible and stronger, faster. You lose weight, but do you do you realize that that might not be as effective defending yourself as Muay Thai? I say, yeah, okay, I, I got you. So, would you want to spend thousands of dollars taking ballet lessons if your ultimate objective was to defend yourself? I said, no, I got you. So we we are eight. Eating and abetting the making of smart decisions. Yeah, yeah, I still like karate. I, I, I wish I'd spent more time taking Muay Thai, but whatever. So, so, and that he got me not to quit, and I start working for Defense Electronics, and then the rest is history. Um, so between 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 Trump and and, and Larry Flint, um, you, you know. Like you know, my take on pornography is is kind of weird because I, I I like all that shit that people like like I don't like right like oh strip clubs ooh uh, when I go go to strip clubs it's always been I feel like uh you know uh I I identify with the women as performers as stage performers you know and uh, <laughs> yeah 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 we're doing it they just went for a walk. And I miss the car shows too, but I can't, you know, who knows? I maybe figure out how to do it in the phone. Anyway, so um, I identify with the performers. You know, I got enough friends who were, were porn stars, so then I'm realizing outside the frame. So my take on porn is very different from the rest of the world's take on, on porn. Um, you know, in other words, the outrage and the, and the you know, what I, when I see when I see Larry, is Larry's attitude was like, People are going to, men primarily are going to buy pornography. And if they're going to buy pornography, 
Does it make a difference whether they buy it from me or somebody else? I'll tell you what, I would, Steve Hirsch from Vivid, I would rather them buy it from me. You know, I would rather them buy it from me. So that's my take on, uh, 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 on Larry. And there's a difference between him and, and Trump. And they hated Trump, first of all. And they both had casinos and so on. But I think Larry was smart. And nothing he did violated my sense of fair play. It was a harsh, his, his was a harsh universe, but it didn't violate my sense of fair play. And almost everything that Trump does violates my sense of fair play. And what I mean is like, if I see two guys fighting on the street, mutual combatants, I don't give a shit. Whatever. You know, I see 10 guys beating up one guy, that violates my sense of fair play. I don't like it. I would intervene. I would intervene. So, um, so, so, so that, that is, that is, that is my Larry take. Um, and I think, it, it, you know, any, any smart person, like I remember a friend of mine, his uh, girlfriend had said, men are too, too focused on the visual. You remember this cat, he was a, a, a wrestler from Arizona. And so he, you know, was all zapped out of his head about going out with this very smart kind of quasi hippie chick. And she goes, I don't want you to think about visual images or things like that. I want you just to focus on, I want you to masturbate. From now on when you masturbate, I want you just to think of feelings, just the feeling between your hand and, and, and he's telling me that. And I'm like, that's bullshit. That's the better guy to make me, you know? Um, and, and uh, of course, I say it's bullshit, but then I'm going home and I'm like, I'm going to give it a try. Let me try. How many times do I fall asleep before I go, that's bullshit? Women can do that. Men, not so much. If I am masturbating without the use, without thinking about sexual situations in my head that I've been in, or, or it's just a male hand on my cock. Yeah, it's mine. But without the fantasy ideation, it's just kind of a creepy way to spend your time. So, so I threw that out the window. So, in other words, I'm going down Dave's my old managing editor's argument about you got an intelligent defense that there's a place for pornography in our world. That be it as it may, MMA. Now, I uh, I want to tell you there's a guy who I knew last name Imoni. I lived out in Jersey. And uh, Brad, if anybody knows Brad Imoni, have him contact me. He was a great guy. I really liked him. I probably haven't seen him since I was 11 years old. Um, and um, Brad Imoni was a few years older than me. Um, but he was like, uh, he was a great guy. He was like, I mean, you know, Jersey to, to, to a Brooklyn kid, Jersey seemed like the country to me. And uh, uh, he... Uh, his, and he didn't get his father treated him badly. They never really, so he was just became like a like a, a wild like nature guy. And they lived out, you know, there were trees, and he just got he knew all the stuff about the wood. So I kind of, to a certain degree, looked up to, to to Brad just a little bit. And Brad now, uh, last I heard, went into the military for many years. And he may be retired and was doing super interesting things. But at one point, he said, "Hey, you know, why don't you go? Why don't you go take the kids and go do something fun?" So Brad and his sister, whose name I can't remember now, uh, Chrissy maybe was her name, uh, said, we're going to go to the pool. It's cool. Yeah, let's go to the pool. So we go to the pool in Jersey. It's packed, you know, and um, and uh, 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 he's like, well, come on, let's go. Let's go to the diving board. And I was like, I'd seen diving boards. I knew of such things. I, I must have been about seven or eight. And, uh, and Brad must have made, he's maybe 11, 10 or 11. And so, uh, you know, stand on line on the, on the, uh, for the diving board, and he says, you know, you, you can swim, right? I go, yeah, yeah, of course I can swim. I mean, what kind of question is that? And the line is long, and I'm looking, I'm looking at the line as it gets shorter and people step forward, and I'm doing the calculation. I go, ah, that's 12-foot deep pool. It's pretty deep. I said, well, you just swim on the top. It doesn't matter how deep it is. And I'm doing this math in my head. I said, then, you know, it's probably about, I don't know, eight feet to the wall. I think I could probably jump about three of those feet. 
So I only need to swim five feet. Five feet is about the height of a person. And and I'm getting closer and I'm having mixed feelings about whether or not, shut the fuck up. He's deaf, of course, so it's pointless. So uh, whether I can get, and so, and then next thing you know, I'm there. And I realize at this point now, I can step out of the line or I can grab fate by the, 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 the short hairs and just grab it. And I step up on that board and I walk out to the end like Greg Louganis and I jump. And I'm swimming. And, and then I see the bottom getting closer. And I was like, huh, you know what? When my feet hit the bottom, I'm going to push off and then I'm going to push off up to the angle and I can get to, I can get to the, 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 the ladder and get out of this completely relaxed, you know, and I'm looking up and I see a splash in the water and then somebody pulls me out. And then of course, and then of course, and then of course, you know, you have to deal with the hell stand on the platform and then being Oh, that's the kid that drowned, almost drowned today. You got to be that guy. That was Gilbert Burns. <laughs> that was Gilbert Burns, right? That was Gilbert Burns. All those other fights were, were Gilbert Burns online. Knock this guy off. Knock this guy off. Knock this guy off. Gets closer and closer. And on Care Don't Care, which you'll hear, you'll hear part of, uh, you'll hear tomorrow at noon. You know, Care Don't Care. I, I kind of say this is this was not a good. This didn't. This fight didn't feel good, man. Um, it didn't feel good. Like like I I've seen. Like I tell you the story when Grappler's Quest when I when I won it, but it was competing against a guy, and one of the other divisions against a guy from my school. I'd already beat some guy for third place. Out of you know, uh, beat beat him, and he took third, and you know, followed me around the whole rest of the day. Said, "Yeah, well, well, you know, well." I said, "Hey, man, hey, man, what, what do you you want to go again for the trophy? What do you want? Get out of here." Um, um, so so um, I go against a guy from my school, and I go, "Oh, we're buddies. We train. We train all the time." And he's trying to kill me out there, trying to kill me. Not something I expected. Not something I expected. And then I've seen guys who 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 go who go who do have trained together and fight. And yeah, like, like Tommy LB says, they fight like they're sparring. And then you have guys who realize, like uh, 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 Magnum Force, good man knows his limitations. They know that they're competitive enough that they wouldn't be fighting like friends anymore, and they don't want to damage a friendship. And to my knowledge, I don't know of anybody who's chosen to do that in a very obvious public way like DC and uh, Cain Velasquez did. When DC says, screw it, I'll lose weight. I'm close to being able to do it. I'll fight light heavy. You fight heavyweight. Not going to fight my friend. And I'm sure those guys trained together plenty. But, you know, like like the guy who I told you, who I mentioned in... um, I wrote about him in a long, slow screw. <laughs> um, but I, 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 he, he was a, he was a real, he was a real, he was a real person, and his attitude was always, we, we, we could be the best of friends. I can show up to your, you showed up to my mother's funeral. You know, I came to birth your kid, but the second we go into business together, you understand the objective of this game. It's like chess, right? The objective of this game is that I win. If I have to lie, if I have to cheat, if I have to steal your car to get it done, that's part of it. it has nothing to do with whether I like you or not. That's just the way he that's the way he rolls. Which is fine. Which is fine if everybody knows that. I myself have managed to never go do business with the guy. That's the way I keep myself safe. I, I can't trust. I, he he says he he blamed it on antidepressants and said the antidepressants made him more prone to risk take. Ah, whatever. I don't care. Don't want it. DC and and Cain Velasquez didn't care. Didn't want to take a chance that they would cross some interior line and not be able to come back. So Usman and Burns 
I think their kids play together. Their wives know each other. They've been hanging out. Usman uh, Burns rushed to the front of that line. I don't say he skipped it, but he he was fighting like a man possessed. And he said, in ex- I'm going to jump forward a little bit. He said an explanation. Like, he's like, hey, man, I just want to be the champ. He depersonalized it from, from the guy. But you got to understand, if you're the guy, if you're the champ, you cannot depersonalize it. You can understand it, but you can't depersonalize it. So they have the they have the weigh-ins, and they're looking at each other, and um, and um, takes takes his uh, <laughs> yeah yeah Billy Roberts is great takes his mask off, and you can see in his eyes he's trying to you know he's forgotten that he's on stage, right? I'll give you an example of of, of what I mean. Oxbow is playing a uh, 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 Jesu has played. Oxbow's going on. ISIS plays right after. South by Southwest, a big tent. Song ends. Some guy about 15 feet into the crowd in front of me screams, Buckwheat! I turn and I can look at him because he's 15 feet away. And I'm sure some people who are stuck in this idea of every show must be fun would go, ha ha, oh, Tay, ha ha. And I just look at him and say, somebody wants to be part of the show. Now it's just me and you looking at each other. Now it's, and which is what I say. I say, I can see you. Anything else? And the guy's like, he's smiling and he's waiting for, you know, confirmatory smile from me. Like, I'm, I'm joking. And I have to say, I'm joking. I'm laughing inside. Because the whole room gets fucking chilly. Because people know grizzly bears are not fucking ticklish. Don't do it. So, so, um, so he's looking at, he's looking at Usman like, Hey, you know, this is just fake. You know, this is, we're going to, and Usman's like, no, 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 no. I, I can't, I, I can't not be champ anymore right now. L- love, love you, bro. Cannot. And he keeps his mask on and he just keeps staring at him. Now, part of it is. You got to understand that part of it is is the dirty, dirty fuck of a bald one, because he's he because now he's disconnected from pay per view, not pay per view viewership numbers. Ah, whatever. I got the billions from ESPN. What do I care? It is slap that rest of the card was enjoyable, semi, but still on paper was. If you had something else going on that night, you probably did that instead of watching the fight. And I having having watched the fights. I can't say that you you made the wrong choice. Yeah, I had the Hernandez thing, which I'll talk about in a, in a, in a little bit. Uh, Fluffy was was, uh, was great. I, li- I like seeing uh, I, uh, I like seeing uh, uh, Macy Barber uh, have a, her Eugene Robinson moment. But there was no, there was not. I can't I can't. So Burns. And then he 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 acknowledges. He goes, I got I got went I went kind of Cody Garbrandt out there. I didn't. It was like he goes, I can't if champ you can't do that. Got to act like you've been there before. Got to act like you've been there before. You know, act like you've been there before, and you'll be fine. And he got he rushed it, and then ends up getting getting knocked out. But I mean, that shit was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Oh, there he is, Mister B. A little bit late, but you're here. Uh, it, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's like he's trying to explain to his friend, and he's hoping that they haven't crossed any lines. You know, that, that there hasn't been at this point now. What he needs to think about is like we are Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's who we are, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I could never tell who was who. At this point now, he t- unlike Gustafson, who ran off and then ruined himself sulking, he, he turns around, 
He faces everybody behind him on that uh, uh, on that diving board line and says, come on. I'm going to fight six of you so I can buy a yacht. <laughs> I'm going to protect my dude here. And you want to get to him, you got to come through me. And Usman, realizing the mathematics involved, does the smartest thing in the world, challenges Masvidal. Beat him once. It's a money fight. He thinks he can beat him again. Why not? The name of the game is as long as I got this big honking gold thing around my waist to fight as often as possible and make as much money while doing so. Now, uh, now Burns can do the same thing. Just turn back and you got everybody from three to ten that's credible. That's, of course, you got to win. Don't do this Brazilian thing of getting your head fucked up over this moment. This was more about what had to happen for the guy who had it than what had to happen for the guy who didn't have it. It's not like, and, and Usman gave him a pep talk, which should help him circumvent that weirdness. Yeah, I think Usman made a little, I'll tell you, you know, Usman's made more money than I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I mean, uh um I think Usman is fundamentally Usman is what we hope Uriah Uriah Hall would be. He's got he 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 understands per, he he's in that Mr. Marcus space. He knew what the job was. He knows what the job is. So what I'm hoping with Burns is, is that that his head is not done in. That's that's what I'm hoping, that his head is not done in. Oh uh, yeah, Un, unknown, unknown, and it's been a long time, uh, y'all. Uh, Sussex Matty, he's a, he's a long-standing, long, long knuckle-up guy. So it's nice to see him back. Yeah, I know the time is shitty for you, but whatever, you're here. Um, I mean, so uh, you know, uh, Burns get his head right. Yeah, and and then. Six fights later, I mean, one thing that Anderson Silva said that stuck with me, I never forgot, when the first time he lost to the Gallider General, he was like, good. <laughs> Somebody else can be the champ now. And a heavy is a head, what is a heavy is a crown that hangs the head, a heavy is a head, that hang, whatever that, that expression is, you know. Uh, it's, it's probably a drag to be, I mean, you know, do we know any other champs? whose personalities have been deformed under the weight of being champ. I guess Stipe, going to work every day, maybe at the fire station, probably bounces him out nicely. But everybody else, you know, Cain Velasquez physically ruined himself, is not able to. I mean, I don't know Johnny Boney Joni with his post says, I think it's something about, it, you know, being all suddenly, maybe going from nobody to being the guy gets to be tough. Maybe it's Macy Barber who wanted to was chasing this thing of being of being the where's the pipe of being the uh, the the uh, youngest UFC champ UFC champ uh, before John Jones got ahead of herself got got ahead of herself and what remains to be seen now in my mind is to see what happens to her head game. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I, I don't think. And this is, and this is the only reason why, why, why the bald one and uh, the oofsie has me guaranteed, has me guaranteed for twenty twenty one. And I'll tell you what that is. What, uh, what, uh, what, dude just said, or what Maddie just said. Uh, I, I am, I secretly have been harboring this belief after having competed many a time myself. And lost weight. Right now, as I sit here in front of you, I'm probably about 228. Um, and I've gone down to 204 to compete at, at light heavy. Three days of eating nothing but breath mints. Probably not the best way to make a weight cut. And, but, you know, Roy, Roy uh, Nelson, I start to think, man, I've got good cardio, 228. What the fuck am I losing weight for? This is misery. So I'm I'm two, 2021 has me because I want to see if uh, uh, Izzy's walking around rate if that's good enough to take it away from Blahovitz. I want to see if Johnny Boney Joni's walking around weight is 
is is is okay to take from because I got a theory and I want my theory to play out. And my theory, of course, is that weight cutting is for fools. But that's just the old bodybuilder in me, you know. Um, that's just the old bodybuilder in me, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know, you know. I don't. It's just the bodybuilder in me. I doesn't like to lose the weight. So, um, so Macy got 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 her got her head straight. Well, well, it remains to be seen whether she'll get her head straight. But that Grasso delivered <laughs> delivered some head straightening. So now, other fights in the card. Keep in mind, I only cared about four fights on the card. Two were uh, were lost to COVID, and uh, and then I went one for one. So I came in at fifty percent. Uh, John and, and Steph, uh, I don't want to ruin the care, don't care for you tomorrow, but they tied for first. John went nuts and had seven cares on the card. That seems really optimistic for me, but he lost two as well, came in with five. Got them all right. So, you know, there were other fights on the card. Uh, Ricky Simone became a care for me. I've been toying with making him a care anyway. You know, he's one of those cares, that, but it depended on who he was fighting. Now I like to watch him no matter who he's fighting. But he's only a 2021 care. If my issues with, like I said, the only reason I'm here, because I got to know the end of the Johnny Boney Joni, the, the few storylines that I'm following through, and I got him. But his won't be one of them. But I'm more interested to watch him fight than I'm not. So he's, he's now a care. Uh, cat who beat uh, uh, Kelleher. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's ridiculous, right? Um, it's Gastelum, right? Sorry, yeah, <laughs> uh, Gastelum, Gastelum, John's or Steph said it best. Gastelum is, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Nate's not coming back, not Taylor's not coming back. Gastelum is, uh, I think Steph said it best, he, he, he's hit his ceiling. He's not even executive gatekeeper at this point. He's just a gatekeeper, and there's no shame in that. Gustafson was an executive gatekeeper if he had embraced it instead of going off the sulk and then letting his skills lag and get old. Burns right now should turn, embrace it. Want to get to him, you got to come through me. I'm his doorman. And at such time as he thinks he's ready, then double back. Hey, boss, maybe now it's time to give me another shot again. Okay. Gas them. Yep. Phantom toll booth. There's some weird. No, I don't know what's happening. Man, I, can't, I can't pay attention to everything. So, 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 yeah, no, guess them. I mean, keep in mind, if you're, if you are like 10 to 15 in the rankings, you probably don't have a chance. But anyway, as we're getting too close to the end, let's talk about, um, let's talk about, uh, Let's talk about what it feels like to be a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, ADCC, multiple winner, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and get submitted by a purple belt, a stripeless purple belt. I mean, if you've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu long enough, you've seen, you've seen, uh, you've seen this happen. I've seen a blue belt tap a black belt. I've seen the black belt get enraged from Brazil. He's like, the guy's like, what are you doing? He goes, in Brazil, in Brazil, this would never happen. He says, well, we're not in Brazil. In other words, you might be in a position to tap a black belt, but you in the name of keeping yourself safe and healthy, would never exercise this option. The black belt knows that you could have got him. You know you could have got him. You just don't do it. And I didn't believe that until I was going with this 300-pound black belt. And I've been struggling with this guy forever. Got got his back and sunk, sunk it in. And I had him. I had him dead to rights. And he's a great guy. He wouldn't have been bothered by the tap. Somebody grabbed me and yanked me off him. 
And I was like, don't you understand? I'm, I'm never going to get that close to Ken, man. Why would you do that, bro? Why would you do that? And he, his attitude was, I'm sure he didn't, he didn't say it. Oh, I put batteries in this kid's toy. That's what it is. He didn't say it, but his attitude was like, can't, can't, can't. No, no, no. You're a purple belt. You can't. But that guy could have been beaten any number of ways. Any, and he said, I'm a little nervous. And, you know, it's been a mixed record of guys coming over who are hot shits. And it started probably, it started to be less of an issue when you could actually make money just doing BJJ. Like nobody's talking about Keen, you know, Cornelius or, or Gordon Ryan about them MMA. It's because, like, you know, it's catch as catch can. You don't want to see them stink up the joint in MMA where you could just watch them do really great jujitsu. MMA, mixed martial arts, is the name of the game. That's why at the Sorrell Academy, you still people put, put on gloves and still do stand up. And, you know, sometimes Sorrell's just walking around trying to kick you in the balls. You, you know, stand up and spar with him, whatever. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, there are a lot of social issues that are involved, right? Like, dude, man, I, 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 you know, I mean, it depends on what kind of cat you are. You know, I could easily embrace another loss. <laughs> but the thing is, this cat hasn't, can't use that word another. Can't really use the word another. <laughs> uh, can't. But now he can. So what happens to his head? And he came in BJJ muscled. And I'm not raising an eyebrow. I'm not winking. And I'm not giving any head nod to indicate that that's what, that you, what you think I'm saying is what I'm saying about all of that muscle. Because they drug test these fights. You know, the thing is, when I've been on, I, I've done it two ways, and I'm talking about specifically on steroids. I've done two ways. One way is like crazy bodybuilder way. I want to get to 300 pounds, not stopping at any express train, not doing any cardio, don't want to do anything that's going to lose the weight. Got to 265. My friend had, had a heart attack, congestive heart failure, got nervous. I was out. Then there's the other way where, like you say, huh, I want to be as healthy as I can be and just stronger. So I'm going to do tons of cardio and I'm going to take it. And that's different. Your muscles thin out, you know, you, you got the drive to do and you can. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he was he was beat. Some of it was adrenaline dump. He claimed nerves in the interview. Question is, where does he go now? Well, you know, I think he's probably a three-fight deal. Who knows what they signed him for? Will he get his head back? That I don't know. But if I were uh, uh, Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, I book him for I book him at a guy against like Damian. My I, I book him against people where it's just going to be fun to watch grappling. Eat into that grappling audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I, I can't even. My heart goes out to dude. Now, see, now like I talk about some people just have that management orientation. Now that I'm a brown belt and I'm thinking about the, the, when I go back after I get the vaccine, go back to jujitsu, I'm thinking about demoting myself because am I still a brown belt after a year not training? The fuck this, this COVID, fuck this thing. It's, it's got to be voice activated. I didn't realize, I didn't realize it. Um, so, so, um, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It depends on the kind of catch you are, but I, will he get his head back? I don't know. I don't know. But at least what it does is it gives guys who, who are Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts, it gives them pause. Like, like I have to, like, you know, <laughs> tell guys who are fucking around, yeah, you got your black belt, I'll fuck you up. Don't make, make no mistake. This could happen. And then, yeah, somebody is helping me. Uh, Marquez, man, oh, God, I was cringing. 
I was cringing, mostly because I'm kind of grossed out by uh, Miley Cyrus. Um, and it's, uh, I don't, don't, I don't, you know, with all due respect, <laughs> she's just not my type, <laughs> you know, like things that, that like, I, I don't like liver either, right? To say I'm grossed out by liver doesn't mean it's of lesser quality, it just means I don't like it. I don't like her. I just don't, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not interested in Miley Cyrus. So Marquez, he was. I was cringing. He was doing this kind of pro wrestling thing when he was like, and and then he kind of won me over. And then he did the Miley Cyrus thing. And then she responded. And then I was like, all right, that's almost as good as Ben Shapiro getting in there. Like, I tell you what, Zena Carano, why don't you come over to my network? You know, I just put you on a TV show or something, baby. You know, me and you, Gina, Ben, FTW, you know, come on over. We'll talk about it. Yeah, this cancel culture. Fuck that, baby. I know what you mean. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I, I you know, I, I, I've been in and out of things, cringing with the Marcus things. But in terms of cringy, yeah, like you say, he was affable, likable. Very different from Triple C. Very, just very different. So, um, so anyway, um, no. The thing is, I know I was gonna do a whole show because it's Valentine's Day uh, on sex and uh, sexual activity and how weird it is. And now they figured out a way to make my newsletters uh, tweetable. So if you were if you connected to me at, at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you know I'd been tweeting out some of the newsletters. The one I did on conspiracies, and then I did I can't remember. Rock and roll is dead. I did a, a second one. So now I can tweet that stuff out, the newsletters I work on. And I'm not talking about the one I do for me, but I'm talking about Ozzy has kind of shifted its focus from just straight up features to more newsletters. So, um, no, no, she's not my, not my type. Which is what a, a professional MMA fighter said to me the night that Gina Carano said, hey, maybe you could come up to my room and we could hang out for a bit. He's like, nah, thanks. Sorry, nope. And I asked him, why, why did you do it? And he's like, ah, it's not my type. I thought it was crazy at the time. I guess now I understand it. So uh, anyway, uh, this has been version a one, a five, a two of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. The kids awake. They went for a walk so I can do a shout-out intro. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, Monday at noon, you have Care Don't Care. So if you're following at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, uh, our bloody elbow. They tweeted out. Um, oh, oh, the couple piece. Thank, thank you, Mister uh, Is. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, the couple. Um, well, that that yeah, that's uh, that's less interesting. That you know, because we these people are now friends of ours, and we've gone back to this town again and again. That's less interesting than um, <laughs> you got to sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> um, but I, I can't, <laughs> I can't talk about it. I just can't. If you you DM me, you DM me, and and I'll and I'll and I'll share it with you, Mister Is. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go from there. But I just can't. These, you know, I mean, I didn't use their names, but uh, but that's, you know, and I'm not going to talk about it on air. I'm not going to talk about it in writing quite yet. But Eugene S. Robinson uh, slash Substack.com for, for my personal newsletter. And right now, it's free. If you want to donate money to it, you can. I think it's like $7 a year or $7 an issue or $7 a month, something like that. Easy, easy to get. Um. That's available now. I just did it, then did this show. Monday afternoon, um, if you follow Bloody Elbow or June, she'll send out the Care Don't Care. Tuesday night, it's uh, if, uh, if the Shoes Fit, it's John's week. So it'll be me and Alexi and John. And then uh, the rest of the week will be Ozzy stuff, which I tweet out through Ozzy.com. If you hit me up on Instagram, Mr. Sleep and the number three, Remember, uh, remember that, 
I, if you're restricted, I don't I don't care. I can't let you in. I gotta see into your thing before you see in my thing. Because you could be a spy. I don't know. I don't know. I got I, I gotta be able to see your stuff first. So anyway, thanks for listening. Try not to die between now and next Sunday. Uh care don't care focus on the Ruben Blades. Ruben Blades. Sorry. Curtis Blades v. Derek, uh, uh, the Black Beast Lewis uh, fight. That I think I only have three fights on that card, too. 15 fight card, three three cares. Not, not At least it's not pay-per-view. It's a fight night, which makes some sense. So I might actually see it. The, I think the fight the week after that is the one I'm more geeked about, where they got four championship bouts on it. Uh, the commentating last night, I, I, I think Rogan is really falling off. I think he's really, oh, 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 he, he, he's got the, the oh, he's, he, he was really, he was, I wobbled him. Oh, it was a groin shot. Like, what? you're sitting right there, bro. I'm watching on a shaky fucking cell phone. What the hell, how come you can't see this? Anyway, neither here nor there. V, uh, a one, a five, a two. We'll see you next Sunday. Please live until then. Until then, look what you made me do! Ah! <laughs>